This is a Kitty Pod production. Episode number 152 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, the most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. My name, of course, and as always, is Jason Bullitt, and you're probably noticing a slightly different intro than I usually have. I'm recording this episode the end of March 2022, and I'm playing into my favorite Foo Fighters song of all time, and that's Everlong. David Letterman had a great association with this song. He named it his favorite Foo Fighters song of all time. He picked that off the tree. That's what he's taken. Unfortunately, i got to put the sad shoes on. Most recently, we heard of the untimely passing of longtime Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. He passed away some time ago. It was rather unexpected, and everybody in the Foo Fighters camp is bummed out. The fans certainly, so my condolences to everybody in that regard. Let's get to our social media right away, shall we? You can follow the show on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. You can also follow the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page. And I've been saying this a good deal. Well, when are you going to get to it? The Instagram. Oh, yeah. At the Instagram will be coming soon. I promise you that. Sometime this spring. Well, quit moving the goalpost. Oh, he's getting in early, folks. My conscience. I kind of like my inner monologue here. Anyway, I hope you guys had a great St. Patrick's Day in the month of March and things are going well for you. I got to get to the vanity portion here and not much has happened of note, but two things I want to discuss right now. And the week before last, as I record this, it was quite the week. My One of the supervisors at my work said, hey, listen, we're going to be out of work for the data entry people, so... He managed to get everybody in that department into the conference room away from the production floor. And the head of human resources, I thought, uh-oh, we're getting fired. But I said, nope, you're getting a temporary layoff. I thought like wrestling. You're not, you're not fired. You're on hiatus, pal. So there you go. So, <laughs> so it was like a one-day hiatus, and we had a three-day weekend. We've had two of, fo- two of those. Hello. We're getting it all in, folks. Anyway, we've had two... Three-day weekends. I almost said four for some strange reason. <laughs> and it was because of Mother Nature and Old Man Winter. You know, snowstorms going on. They said, all right, you know, don't come into work tomorrow. The whole office is going to be closed. Everybody was told not to come. This time around, it was a partial shutdown. Data entry was told, don't go into work on Friday. So day after St. Patrick's Day, I was like, okay, how are they going to take this? I'm like, well, we'll have some stuff for you Monday. So I go, okay, three-day weekend, but hey, not the preview Jason Sports Corner, which is coming up later on. Spoilers, teasers, foreshadowing, preview, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, well, it's a good day to have off. It was rather a nice day. The first round of the NCAA tournament was going to wrap up. I'll break it down a little bit more for you towards the end of the show. 
and it got to a record 70 degrees. It broke the record for the warmest March 18th on record, which was sent, oddly enough, 10 years earlier. The weekend of St. Patrick's Day. Sent and set. Well, it sent the old one out of the record book. The old temperature, that is. Why don't you be more specific and stop stumbling over your words? All right, get out of here. He's going to be the bugbear the whole show. I just know it. <laughs> so anyway, it was rather a nice day. Went out, got the car washed, did some other things, and... That was it, really had a nice three-day weekend. Now, it was also during this time that an interesting thing happened here at Bullet House. Okay, well, what are you getting on about? Well, my dad's companion had to go babysit her two of her grandchildren, had to go back to Massachusetts, but here's the rub. Here's the kicker and the clinker and the denouement or whatever you want to call it. Strike out that which does not apply. Or add your own term in, I don't care. She took my dad's car, so there was only two cars, or were really. Get your grammar right, will you? Will you get out of here? Gee whiz. Anyway, he's interrupting this vanity portion. I apologize. Makes it a better segment. Now get out. Come on. Go. Jeez. Anyway, I'm keep getting interrupted left, right, and center. I apologize, folks. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah. Saturday, this past weekend. So, my dad was without his car, that's because his companion had it. So we had his Corvette, which has yet to be driven around. We'll get to the warmer weather. That's going to be two in the highways and byways of New York's capital region, or at least Saratoga County. And my car, my little 2022 Honda Icona. So I wound up being his ride. Or actually, he wound up being my... Oh, wait, yeah. He wound up be. I wound up driving him around, is all I'm trying to say. Getting tongue-tied here, folks. Trying to keep him at bay here, the other guy, so... You're not doing too good job at... Ah, oh, jeez, he snuck through again. Oh, this the most entertaining Vandy segment ever. Some people are going, I'm going to scrub forward through all this. That's what the listener is thinking right now. Anywho, so I wound up driving around, and they decided, how about I take you out to supper? Thing. Okay, so Saturday night, Rolling Hills, Saratoga County... First choice was this diner in Half Moon. I won't give him the plug here. I don't want to think I'm getting sponsored by him. About a 20-minute wait for a table there. He said, wow, this sucks. That was a different voice, not him. So we wound up driving around almost hither, dither, yither, and whatnot. We were settled down at this uh, sports bar in Mechanicville. We were going to go to this other place in town. We couldn't find parking or didn't look like there was. Anyway, we're getting to the end, folks. So we say, all right, let's try this sports bar. Say, all right, we sat down. Just seat wherever you want to be seated. We get the menus, and I'm looking at what I want. And a few seconds pass by, my dad says, sorry for the stutter. We're getting everything here, folks. My dad says, it's a little too stuffy here if you don't mind. You want to go somewhere else? I said, yeah. So, like, we'll go to this other greasy spoon. I don't call it greasy spoon. The food's real good, so I want to have a great chicken parm dinner. Now, there was a bit of a mix-up. My dad had the special. Both of us got the special. Now, you looked over at the board, you're like, okay, there's chicken parm, there's veal parm, there's eggplant parmesan, or ziti with sausage. My dad got the latter. I wound up getting the chicken parm, but when they brought out our meals for the entree, there was a bit of a mix-up. We both got what my dad was going to have. And I said, hold on, wait a second. I ordered the chicken parm. There's been a mistake. So I wound up saying, all right, well, I'm telling the waiter. They said, all right, we'll send it back. 
It will bring out your chicken parm. A few minutes later, it was uh, munching time. So that was a good supper. Now, ironically, I had chicken the night before. I think I had it for lunch or maybe earlier in the week. I can't recall. If I known that, I would have been like, hey, I'll have what he's having, to paraphrase that line from when Harry met Sally. So that was it. Then went the next morning, Dad takes me out to breakfast. We go to this place called the Cracker Barrel. You may have heard of it. There's probably one near your house. I'm not a sponsor. Had a nice little breakfast, then went a little went to do a little house hunting and a little shopping. Now, my friend Dave lives down in Albany, and the house we wanted to look at, which we drove past anyway, wound up being in his neighborhood. Well, not his part of it, but you know, stone throw away and all that. And found out the following weekend there was going to be an open house. So we got more house hunting to come. You're not thinking about moving out, are you? Finally, you put in something constructive. Good for you. Well, as to that question, uh, not right now, but we're looking at stuff for, you know, I'm going to need accommodations for when my dad passes away. I discussed this in an earlier episode, but right now I'm just as content to stay in this house. I'd have to work something out with my sister. So that way we could spare the expenses of getting a U-Haul truck, having the rest of my family help, you know, pack up my stuff and move it and drive it to wherever it is I'm going to be living. Well, living out my last years. You're not dying, are you? No. <laughs> I not have some infectious disease. I don't have, like, the bad part of COVID. But anyway, so this housing thing is still going to be rumbling on. So stay tuned to this podcast for further details as this saga goes on. And now we found out, well, I talked with, there are some two key people in the Autism Society. So last Saturday, we also had a Zoom chat with the head of our chapter of the Autism Society. It was me and Dad here in the living room at Bullet House. And we discussed a lot of things like, all right, Jason's going to have to apply to this the New York State OPWDD. That's the Office for People with Dis- Developmental Disabilities. They should probably have a way you can do speech therapy. All right, back to your old self again. Geez, I thought you turned over a new leaf. But anyway, so they said, all right, apply with OPWDD. And then I found out, well, why don't you go to this place in Latham that does mental health diagnosis? You know, therapy services too, but you want to get an autism diagnosis. So I called the person involved and they said, well, you're going to need some prior documentation. And my dad said, well, I'll look in the cellar. I'll try and look. I might have paperwork. But to try and hedge my best just in case we didn't, I called my doctor, my primary care physician, if you will, and decided, you know what? I'll just, I'll just give her a call and say, hey, I'm going to need the paperwork. says I've been diagnosed with, well, what was then called Asperger's syndrome, now known as high-functioning autism, because I was diagnosed when I was four years old, back when it was called AS. I won't give you the whole backstory. But there you have it right there. I'm glad I stopped myself. I prevented him from coming back, my uh, inner conscience. But back to the lecture at hand here, as I've wanted to say many times during this segment, dragging out the vanity portion. They also mentioned getting in touch with these lawyers in Clifton Park, and they're right near the house, about setting up a special needs trust. That way I'll still have some source of money coming in for when my dad passes away. I don't know how much I get in terms of inheritance, but it's going to be split between me and my sister. She'll get some of the money, and of course, she'll give it to my brother-in-law and probably my nephew, put an escrow account for when he gets to about 18 years old. We feel he's 
responsible enough to handle that exorbitant sum of money, however exorbitant it may be. It may not, but you'll get some money one way or the other. At least that's my line of thinking. I haven't broached the subject with my sister yet. So they said set up a special funds trust. So, all right, we got three different things we need to do here. We can't have three different plates spinning at all the time. Everything's dependent on one another. So I decided, all right, we'll take care of the autism diagnosis or get services because the OPWDD, if I want their services, I'm going to have to get a recent autism diagnosis. And this place in Latham said, well, we can't diagnose you. We just don't have the ability to do that. You're going to need prior documentation. So we're going to have to keep some plates spinning. And I advise you to stay tuned to see how this saga winds up. It's going to be continuing on for some time to come. I found out there is a waiting list for, I think, up to six months, if I'm not mistaken. I might be confusing it with something else, but there you have it. So my dad said, well, I'll get your name out there. I almost sound like my conscience there. Anyway... Speaking of autism, that's going to be the subject as we finally wrap up the vanity portion of this episode. And what we're going to do, and this was kind of an impromptu spur of the moment type of deal at, for the main topic, and that is autism and education. So we're keeping on that theme here. Now, pretty soon there's going to be another batch of high school seniors that will be graduating. They'll be going off to college. And I decided to talk about autism and higher education in this episode. I took some notes down. I'll reveal the source of same later. And I even added my own experience, little anecdotes of how I maintained myself, for lack of a better term, while I was on campus. I will certainly give you some pointers there. Hopefully this is for the younger crowd, but I'm sure you'll have your recollections too if you did go to college how you handled yourselves in the four or five, however long you were on campus, four or five years, well, something like that. So without any further ado or stumbling over my words, we will get to the main event of the evening or the morning or the afternoon or whenever you're listening to this right now. All right, folks, as I stay at the top of the show, this is rather an impromptu subject for this episode, and that is the intersection of college life and the autism spectrum. It's pretty weird. Well, you know, if you go off to college, you can really show off the nerddom as far as spouting off random stuff that you know about or obsessing over things, or at least having the time to devote them. But you don't want to do it to the detriment of your schoolwork. I'll address that at some point during this segment. Now, before we begin, I want to recognize the primary source for this topic. Many years ago... I discovered a text by a British gentleman by the name of Mark Seeger. And it was called Coping, a Survival Guide for People with Asperger's Syndrome. Well, it'd be high-functioning autism. Mark Seeger, sadly, is no longer with us. He died in an automobile accident in England towards the end of 1997. So his legacy is surviving with this little guide to how to live life on the spectrum. Unfortunately, he didn't live to a grand old age, so we don't know how to treat autism when you get to adulthood, you know, you start getting into relationships, getting married, having children, having to deal with parenthood, and all the pressures of growing up, adulting, if you will. Well, what's the pathway from adolescence to adulthood? More often than not, it's college, going to higher education, getting a bachelor's, maybe getting a master's. 
Well, I found some tips that Mark laid down. I'm going to add in my personal experiences. So you can have some, you know, some goalposts to set your eyes on, for lack of a much better term. Whether you're a parent of a child on the spectrum or you yourself are on it too, like yours truly, autism never goes away when you hit either the ages of 18 or 21. It's with you for life. So, how do you survive the college life on the autism spectrum? Well, I put in my own little two cents here and there, but I'm going to start off with, once you get on campus, seek out support from the Academic Support Center or some such of a place, if and hopefully your campus offers it. I mean, many campuses should. Why would they not? My alma mater, Castleton University, soon to be Vermont State University at Castleton, and at the time, Castleton State College, they had what was called the Step Center, Success Through Educational, I forget what the P stood for, it was so long ago, but they called it the Academic Support Center, or ASC for short. And I remember it like it was yesterday, it was at Babcock Hall. Now, Academic Support Center, as the name would suggest, as one would come to expect, was where you'd go for tour. If you had help with any kind of a subject, you needed help with like, you know, with math, you know, writing an essay for college, term paper, one thing or another like that. There would be tutors five days out of the week, or at least four of them, Monday through Thursday, and you could go get help. I worked as a tutor when I was a student. This is like my spring semester of junior year, and I did so well in both my statistics classes, I earned a peer tutorship. That was really quite an honor doing that. I mean, just put stats one and two on the old course schedule for sophomore year 2002-2003. Where to date yourself? Get out of here. Come on, I've heard enough from you today. If I didn't have to hear from you the rest of the day, I would be the happiest guy in all the world. Anyway, back to this. Now, you want to make sure everything's set up. You, know, you take that tour of campus if you're a high school junior... Right, you, you're going to go back to on-person or in-person visits. Hello. Made me feel great. Earl Clark jumping in there twice now. If you're a high school junior and you're in the middle of making those college visits off the back of your SATs or PSATs, you'll certainly want to see if the college campus that you're visiting has an academic support center. I'm lucky that Castleton did. I mean, they had a couple of computers there. They had tutors there. I worked as a math tutor, as I mentioned earlier. Got a peer tutorship out of the whole deal. I spent some free time Tuesdays and Thursdays. Nobody really came to me for help, but, hey, I was just happy to get paid. I got a little gift certificate at the college store for my help or what I didn't provide. <laughs> we were just happy to have you there, bud. Good luck senior year. Now... As for academic support services, once you get accepted to your college of choice, or maybe your second, third choice down the line if you didn't get accepted there, you'll want to get those ducks in a row before you move into the dorm. That is, if you're living on campus. That's where all the fun is. Why would you want to live at home? Mom and Dad spoiling your mellow on the regulars. <laughs> but that's another story. Now, Speaking of courses, once you're moved into the dorm, once you get all settled, you get your course schedule, you figure out, okay, I have, say, history at this time, like 9 o'clock in the morning, I know this, that, and the other. Now, when you get into class, concentration, or at least trying to maintain it, is going to be a real challenge, some more than others. You're on the spectrum, your mileage may vary. 
But just remember, no one can give 100% concentration. Not even me, especially in the workplace, as somebody who's a working stiff who's long past his college days. Still fondly remembered, though, for many reasons. I'll leave you to figure out the meme behind those words. <laughs> All right, moving right along here. Now, while you're going to have courses that are mandatory towards getting your degree in your major, whatever that may be, be sure to make room for courses that aren't necessarily in that framework. Now, I've had some positive experiences and negative experience. One big negative, though. Hopefully, the positives outweigh the negatives. One example. When I was a sophomore, this is my spring semester we're talking about here, I took a course called Human Behavior and Psychology. I think, that, I think that's what it was called so long ago, like for the, the mist of time. And it was an interesting course. I got to meet some people there, and I got to be rather tight with an instructor, a gentleman by the name of John Klein. Klein! As for all you Mystery Science Theater 3000 fans out there, a little obscure reference for you, deep cut, if you will. Back on the subject here, and I found it to be a very interesting topic. I don't know why I backloaded that with Intro to Psych the following semester. That was a great course as well there, too. I mean, that's where I started on the road to discovering myself as somebody on the autism spectrum. Believe it or don't. Now, there was also, I want to take a theater course, too, in accents, but I think my advisor nicks the idea he he meant well was like you better think bear this road there bud or you don't want to go down there now we've had some positives i also for some strange reason had some courses that are like why well accounting i did pretty good in that course from my recollection and i took it off the back of current events at the time you know and ron went under due to faulty accounting cooking the books they called it and Arthur Anderson, they really got in the shit themselves. So they did pretty good. But this is the big one for me that stands out. It's the only time I got close to a failing grade in any of my courses during my time on campus. I, for some strange reason, we've all done some crazy questionable stuff in our younger days. If you're saying you didn't, you're lying to yourself. Get real. So that same semester I took accounting, I also took a course in physics, the uh, elementary course. Now, here's the difference. There's an algebra-based algebra -based course. Talk much. There was an algebra-based course and calculus-based course. So, you could take one or the other. I, for reasons unknown, decided to take the calculus-based course. I want a bit of a challenge. So, I spent that summer, when I wasn't working at a certain big-box retailer, who shall not be mentioned... Any free time I had, I went to the library and I tried to check out a calculus workbook from the public library. And any free time I had when I wasn't working, I spent toward trying to do stuff with integrals and, you know, derivatives. One thing or another like that. It got to be tougher than I thought when I went in there. I should have dropped the course when I had a chance. But, you know, per arduo, it cost me... A spot of making the dean's list again, like I had done both semesters freshman year. Got fired a sigma out of it, the National Freshman Honor Society. Well, I mentioned that some subjects might be easier than others. I don't know. Physics was it was quite a challenge. That is for damn sure. Now, whether you get good grades or middle of the road grades, one thing that I want to impress upon you is try not to compare yourself to others 
who have the same major as you and likewise those in the same course so I did both in general and in particular and also what the late great Mr. Seeger said is that when it comes to the level of work that people do either in the same major or the same course you got to remember that in his words not mine most people exaggerate about how little work they do I mean, when it came to studying, I'm like, I didn't know how to go about it. Like, with math, I could just, like, all right, I'll just crack open the textbook, see what the assignments were that I didn't, I was uh, not told to do. I'll take care of that in the final. So, I did pretty well, from what I recall. Now, classes are indeed important. Why would they not? You may want to schedule time for extracurricular activities. You know, I got involved in a good deal of them on campus. Not too much where I was just going to be uh, really worn down to a frazzle by days in. I'd be pulling some long days and long nights trying to squeeze everything in. I can't do everything at once and neither can you either so far as I can make out. So I told my extracurricular activities when I wasn't going home and not telling the Friday night club members about it or at least the people running that thing. I was involved with the Friday night club. I kind of spoiled it right there and I have to explain to you what it is again. Now college campus Friday night, Saturday night, you know, especially if you're underage, you know, they try to sneak alcohol into the dorms trying to put one past the goalie or sneak it past there when he wasn't looking, trying to sneak booze in. Well, we strive to offer an alcohol-free alternative. So if you were a teetotal, you wanted to, you know, have fun on a Friday night and not go out to, say, the late lamented Lake Bombazine Inn or any of the bars in downtown Rutland, well, we offered an alternative. We would, you know, hire a van, you know, go see, go bowling. We, you know, go see a movie down in Rutland. I mean, we even do stuff on campus, you know, play games and whatnot. Pizza night. That was always a great time. We took over, me and these two other guys took over junior year, and then we helped bury it into the ground. We didn't get much. I'm like, well, wait, these three mooks are running the show. Sometimes it would just be the three of us. And other times, there were some attendees, especially when we went on the road. Any chance to get off campus at that time was very welcome, from what I recall. Now, as for extracurricular activities, he said while digging through his notes, I want to get back to that here or stay on it, really. Seek out extracurricular activities that align with your interests. So, like, say, if you're interested in, you know, being helpful in the community, you go and do that. Like, there was an alternative spring break program. They went during that time to, like, uh, I remember they went to New Orleans that first year, and then they went overseas. They went to, like, Nicaragua. I believe that was my senior year when they went. So that was always good. Also, this was an extracurricular activity that also counted for college credit. I was in the wind ensemble. Now, I took a year off doing band my senior year in high school. I did drama club, by the way, should be noted. I took it on a club basis in order to accommodate the common hour on Wednesdays. They did that the first semester for a hot minute. And it was like a lecture series or some kind of thing. You just pile into the Fine Arts Center and you'd have all types of programs there. And also on Mondays, I was involved with the campus radio station. I had a three-hour show midday monday a prime spot if ever there was any in the schedule so i can only do wind ensemble on fridays and when common hour just kind of petered out we wound up doing it on 
Wednesday, so I increased my participation. The following semester, you know, I was doing the radio show, but I signed up for a more viable spot on the schedule. I wound up doing, I believe it was 10 to midnight. I could play stuff with swear words on it and profanity and this, that, and the other. Two hours was a lot better than three, in my opinion, but back to this. That opened up the noon slot to take Wind Ensemble for three credit hours. So I had to be there. And it was quite the experience too. Now, of course, this all has to do with structuring your time to get your coursework done. And this is illustrative of one symptom of being on the autism spectrum is that feeling of uncertainty and instability, for want of a better term, if your routine either on a daily or a weekly basis is disrupted in any way, shape, or form. So structuring your time to get your coursework done and have time for extracurricular activities as well is important, but if you play your cards right, you have a great strategy, it can be done. You can certainly get a hold of things on that front. Now, you know, I've mentioned before, not just coursework, but socializing, doing stuff outside of class, that's also important too. You get to meet new people, different backgrounds, different parts of the United States. And if you're in a bigger country, different, bigger country, bigger university, well, they'll come from bigger countries, China, Ru not Russia, maybe with this whole Ukraine business, but, you know, China, Hong Kong, you know, other parts of the world too. Hopefully COVID hasn't messed that up too much. But back in the day, we didn't have much for internationals. It's a lot different now than it was back in my day. If you had internationals, they were more often than not helping out. I mean, I met this, I told a story on an earlier episode about how I met this young woman by the name of Patty, uh, Patricia Perez. It's her birthday today as I record this, oddly enough. And we were walking back from this little concert we did. It was not in the, I, I, I don't know if we were in the, we were not in the Fine Arts Center, we were out in the lobby of Sane. We would do two concerts a year in the Wind Ensemble. And there would be a, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, school choir would be involved, chorus, whatever. Then you'd have the jazz ensemble and then the wind ensemble. That was my outfit. And I'm walking back on this Thursday night. And I see this dark-haired young woman walking back to the dorms. And I'm like, well, she looks rather interesting. I'm going to go have a chat with her. I'm going to chat her up, if you will. So it was this young woman named Patricia, or Patty, as I would come to know her, she was from Juarez, Mexico, which is right over the Rio Grande from El Paso, Texas. So not too far into Mexico. That was the first uh, uh, foreigner I met on college, for lack of a better term. And we got on well. I quite liked her. I found out later on she had a boyfriend, I think back in Mexico. She since moved back to that country, got married, has kids now, and all settled down. Things are going good for her. And this is going to illustrate or go on to my next point rather when it comes to meeting people especially those of the female persuasion you'll want to be real careful or to quote walter white from breaking bad perhaps my best advice is to tread lightly now i've been known to meet people especially females with some of these extracurricular activities or these courses one thing or another or both and there can be some drama if you wind up starting something in one or other of these places. It can lead to some awkward moments. I'm not going to 
list any here because I don't think the statute of limitations has run out on any of this stuff yet. Not that I got into anything that would have gotten me in some uh, deep you-know-what over on campus. But thankfully, I was on good terms with most everybody. And the problem is, I think this revealed, like, I was too nice of a person. But I didn't want to take it completely over the line as far as acting out and being a complete blankety-blank. Now, whenever I interacted with females, I've had chances before where I figure I like them so much, I might want to ask them out. Sometimes, or more often than not really, we were in conversation, or at least I was trying to keep it afloat. It'd be like awkward silences all the time, but we would talk, and then some, those, some of these females would mention the fact that they had a boyfriend or something you know, like that. You know, I was going out with somebody else. They were, that is. Pronouns, pal. Thanks, Vince. Haven't heard from you in a while. And at that point, if you were looking to date this person, that was like, hands off there, fella. But there were times that I worked up the courage to, as the old saying goes, shoot my shot. And there's no funny lines there or anything dirty. Get your mind out of the gutter. I'll just work up the courage like, hey, I'm thinking about asking you out or something. Like, you know, go for coffee or something like that. And sometimes I would, actually more often than not, I was shot down. In that regard, hey, it's worth the effort. So just remember that, especially young sparkies out there. When a female mentioned that they have a boyfriend and you're looking to ask them out, that means you know, they can be friends, but you're not going any further. I hate to put it in those terms, but I have to. All right, I'm going to try and wrap it up here and jump back to your coursework here. Now, if socializing just isn't your bag, as I tried to demonstrate in that last segment, I wouldn't hurt to aim for a major that will put you in position for a career in any of the STEM fields or computer science or anything like that. What Mr. Seeger would call like backroom jobs. So anything of that nature, like computer, pharmacology, research, anything like that. It's a lot easier from the autism perspective than being a salesman, being a manager, a teacher, or going into social work. We really wouldn't be very adept at that stuff. There's a good deal of socializing and interaction and trying to read people's intentions without trying to get them to act straight out what they're looking to do. That can be difficult and often is difficult for those of us on the autism spectrum. Now, when it comes to coursework, you'll want to take a look at the syllabus at the start of each course you take each semester. Now, I don't know if they still do the paper handouts like I had back in the day, they probably just say, well, go on this website or the, you know, there's this app you can download on your device of choice or put it online on Blackboard or something. I really don't know, to be honest with you. I'm so far removed from my college days, as I stated earlier, that this is before like Wi-Fi and all this app-based technology really came into focus. It was just a gleam in somebody's eye or an idea in somebody's head, Steve Jobs. But... No matter how you get your syllabuses, they lay it all out for you, especially when it comes to whatever assignments that are due on a particular week or time, how often the course meets, how to contact your professor, you know, email, office hours, or Zoom link, anything of that nature. And especially how your final grade is going to be determined. Like, like this much will depend on your regular coursework. This much will depend on your final project. You know, 
you know, how good you do in one is going to depend more often than not how, like, it's going to, what I'm trying to say here is I don't want to have to hit the stop button on the recording and try and straighten myself out here. What I'm trying to say is, well, more often than not, your final project's more important than how you do with your coursework. I don't know exact figures. I'm trying to recall. I think it's like 25% of your grade would be like your final project, and they split up between uh, coursework and other stuff done in class. And speaking of your coursework, if you have a professor that can really help you out, or at least you feel as so, never hesitate to ask them for help with any coursework that is really driving you batty. I remember when I was taking a Spanish course with the great Anna Alexander, Spanish teacher, now retired down there in Florida. I was really stuck on an assignment, so I wound up giving her a call, and she straightened me out and said, here, here's what you're supposed to do, and then that really helped me out, and I was able to get the assignment done in the way it was intended. So there you have it right there. Now, I talk about dorm life and everything or living off campus, but that's living on your own. I could probably do that another time. But in the final analysis here, I want to say this last part. Above all else, your time in college, university, whatever, it's the best four years or however long it is, four or five. It's going to be the greatest time of your life. Enjoy every minute of it. Because quite frankly, you'll never get the chance again. All you'll have left are the memories. And maybe a few other things too. Think about it. Hope you enjoyed that, folks. All right, gang. We're going to bring this long, rickety flight home with some pod shout-outs and another segment here. But we're going to do the pod shout-outs first. Break it down. Show Pete A. Turner had Stephen Greenhut and Feroz VR. I don't know this latter person. They were on the show recently, and I want to direct you to the YouTube channel for the Break It Down show. He had a gentleman by the name of Steve Stoliar on, and he was talking about his time with Groucho Marx, a legend in comedy and in films back in the day with the Marx Brothers. And it's a great interview. I remember when Steve was a guest on Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal podcast talking about the same thing. So that was a great interview. Hopefully you enjoy that one on the Break It Down Show. You can follow the podcast at Break It Down Show and the host Pete A. Turner is at Pete A. Turner. The Loyal Littles Podcast, Chuck and Roxy had Tim Waldsmith and Sam Berger on this past week with special appearances by Sully from Boston, Never Ever, and Rob Colpeen. You can follow the show at Loyal Littles Pod. I also want to mention greetings from Allentown. Follow Pete Winston at G.F. Allentown and the sportscasters, Steve Bennett. We're still waiting for season 12 to get off the ground, bud. Follow him at the sports underscore casters. As for this little dog and pony show, I've already given the social media, but you can listen to us on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. If your podcatcher has review and rating capabilities, give this podcast a good write-up and a five-star review, respectively. And also, don't forget to check out my true crime podcast, which may as well be a Spotify original called CR Crime, Tales of True Crime from the Earth's Capital Region. We did a St. Patrick's Day special, and it involved a classmate of mine and how he left this earth. So check that out if you can. Thank you very kindly. And now it's time for one more thing, and we haven't done this in a hot minute. It's called Jason Sports Corner, and I put this right at the end so I wouldn't bore your ear holes with it early on. 
And we've had some stuff going on in the world of sports, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. I almost thought we weren't going to have a Major League Baseball season in 2022. But just recently, the Major League Baseball lockout came to an end. Opening day wasn't right out canceled. It was postponed a week. They're going to have a full 162-game schedule. So trade, free agent signings, those stopped temporarily for about three months. The Yankees were out making moves right after the lockout ended. They went and traded away Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Gary Sanchez had his struggles of late. The Baby Bombers are all grown up now. They sent him to the Minnesota Twins. Oddly enough, Aaron Hicks' former team. And they got Josh Donaldson and a guy named Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I think that's his name. They recently signed the latter to a one-year deal. I don't know what they're going to do with Donaldson in the long term. And speaking of which, Aaron Judge, one of their best hitters... There's talk of him trying to sign a longer-term deal to stay with the Yankees. He's been one of the better hitters in the Yankees lineup recently. I know the rest of the team, or some of them, have struggled. It's been pretty frustrating, especially last season. So I'm getting excited now for this season. Finally, that we can have a season to look forward to now. <laughs> and, you know, the Mets have been making moves. Before the lockout, they signed Max Scherzer. Got him out of Los Angeles in a World Series title. And there's some talk now the Mets could have a better season than the Yankees, which little brother getting it over big brother. Hooey. And Red Sox made some moves. Trevor Story. The Yankees were going after these guys. They never really made any serious plays. Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman. My goodness. I mean, the Yankees really uh, going to hopefully not punch themselves in the you-know-what for not making these deals, strike them while the iron is hot. I mean, the minor leagues can only give you so much, the farm system. So there's that. NCAA tournament is in the Elite Eight as I speak. Saw the last part of St. Peter's game against Purdue. St. Peter's this team out of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. They're in the same conference as Siena, their basketball team. The first 15 seed ever to make it to the Elite Eight. And holy mackerel, it's just been one heck of a tournament. Upsets are plenty, especially this late in the game. Arizona and Gonzaga were two of the number one seeds. They got shipped out last night or night before, I should say. And it's going to be interesting headed for the Final Four. Uh, what else has been going on? NFL free agency, don't really have anything on that. Uh, NBA, the NHL, headed towards the playoffs. They're in the home stretch. And, of course, U.S. men's national soccer team. Shout out Jeff Dockham, new dad. Uh, U.S. and Mexico played to a scoreless tie at the Azteca the other night. Now, tomorrow as I speak, and I record this too. They got a big match against Panama now. Both got points. I wish we could have gotten two points instead of one. And I read an article from a former USMNT national player that said that that trip to Mexico at altitude may have zapped them of their energy. And Greg Berhalter may well have you know what to pay if the U.S. miss out on the World Cup for the second time running, like Italy recently, North Macedonia. Who'd have thunk it? Gee whiz. Whew. You think people in Italy are upset. U.S. is really going to be... Uh, U.S. men's national team fans are really going to have the organization's rear end if we don't make it to another World Cup. So they have it right there. Thankfully, that will mark not only the end of Jason Sports Corner in particular, but... The end of the 152nd episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast 
in general. I thank you as ever for listening. I never take the audience for granted. You guys are the best. Thanks for your support as always. Don't know when I'm going to be back or what we're going to be talking about at that time, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it as you did this one. Again, we're going to give Washed Out a week off here, and we're paying tribute to the late Dale Hawkins again, my second favorite Teen Fighter song, Learn to Fly, the Whackin' and Pope. So, again, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. I'll talk to you guys on the next one, whatever that may be. And as always, and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Otis lives. This has been a Kitty Pod production, produced in Saratoga County, New York, shared with the world.